If you're done praying for each other, I want you to read the scripture with me in 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says, if my people, say my people, say that's me, that's us, the body of Christ, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Who's to turn? Say me. My wicked ways. Things that I have mixtures in my life. Then, say then, will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal, say heal, their land. That word heal is, I will rafa, stitch up and heal their land. I know we've been praying. We know that God's visiting our hearts and visiting our lives. Amen. 2013, reemphasizing the kingdom of God. Amen. That means we've been distracted from his kingdom and his ways. And he's calling us to return, return to the things of the kingdom of God. Return to one king, Jesus Christ. Return to him. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. 1 Samuel chapter 8 talks about when the people of God exchanged for another king. And we've done that in the nation. And it says that king, he said, warn the people. If they want that king, give it to them. Warn the people, though, he's going to take everything from them. He's going to take their kids. He's going to take this. He's going to take that. It's not free. And we've sold out as a church. And that's why God says, call to repentance. You're my people. Where have you compromised? Where have I compromised? Where's there a mixture in my life, in your life? He's saying, return to the king of the kingdom. Yes. Amen? Amen. All, the, all the Bible declares it. We, our culture has perverted it. Matthew 5, most of the culture society, I, I get counseling and people are saying, I want to be happy. I just want to be happy. God never called us to be happy. He, you know what he said about being happy? He said in Matthew 5, the king's constitution. He says, blessed, happy are those who are poor in spirit. For yours is the kingdom. He didn't say happy, your life is just happy and you're eating cotton candy. He said, you want happy? Blessed, happy are the people that mourn and hearts break for what breaks mine. That's the kingdom. Amen? Say, I'm shifting. I'm shifting to Christ and his kingdom. I'm humbling myself. Cleansing my heart. Turning from wicked ways. You guys can sit down, Anna. Just stay with me a little bit. And then I will heal your land. I will rafa. I will stitch it back up. Amen? Amen? As we do it as the church. Matthew 16. Jesus, for the first time, leads them to the revelation of the kingdom of God. Matthew 16. I think it's the 18th or the 17th verse, Cole. Maybe 15. I don't know. But the first time Jesus begins to lead his disciples in the first revelation of the kingdom of God on a whole other level. And he, he begins to describe to them what the kingdom is made up of. It's Matthew uh, 16. Let's, let's look. Anybody know? Tom might know. 16, 15 maybe. Say, I was born in this kingdom for such a time as this. God chose me. He predestined me for a time like this. A time in the earth like this. A time in the nation like this. A time in society like this. He's called me and you. He's predestined us. They predestined. Predestined me for a time like this. You got to wake. Say, awaken me, Lord. Awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me. Awaken me. And let me remain awake 
Take me out of religion, the deadness of that. Make me your Nazarene. Will you say that with me? Make me your Nazarene. Take me out of religion. Make me your Nazarene, where I don't cut my hair, but I'm under the authority of Jesus Christ. For there's no, no authority but His. Amen? All authorities of God. And close your eyes. If you need to make that journey in your heart, and God's urging us and compelling us, and He's saying, return. Amen? Return to simplicity. Amen? 2013, return to simplicity that's in Christ. Leave your complexities. Leave all that difficulty. Leave all the headiness. Return to the simplicities and the realities that are in Christ. Return. Say return. I'm coming out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm coming into life and truth. I'm returning to Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And as I'm returning, I become more salty and more light. And my nation can return. Sometimes our nation... The farther they get away from God, the darker it becomes. And men call, and leaders call good evil and evil good. And that's the situation in our nation. But we're the church. We're repenting. Say repenting. Cleansing our hearts before God. Returning to the emphasis of the king and the kingdom of God. Not in definition, but in spirit, in presence, in reality, in transformation. Say transformation. I had a young man that, was, that came to my porch the other day, and he came to talk, and he was all confused. And I told him, you know what? You, your life is called to be transformed. You could change your life apart from God. I'm going to tell you that straight up. You could have change. Just change your thinking. Get a little, you could change your life and fly a plane, get a little bit of knowledge, and change and fly. It doesn't take a move of God. You could change. By a little bit of knowledge, what to eat, what not to eat, what's killing you, and you decide. You make a decision. I'm changing my mind. And I'm going to eat that, right? That's low-level change. But men need transformation. That only comes in the kingdom of God. You can't change that inner you apart from Christ. I could change all that outward stuff by knowledge. Stop eating that. Be disciplined easy. I could do that. Stop doing that. Easy. I could do that. That's change. They change. But God in His kingdom wants transformation. That comes by the renewing of the mind. Say the renewing of the mind. It's only by the Word of God and His reality that transforms our mind and our thinking. Transformation comes by the life of Jesus Christ in you. And as you begin to obey, say obey. Say faith belongs to us. Say faith belongs to me. God gave it to me. Obedience belongs to the Lord. Faith is for us to receive things, but obedience belongs to Jesus Christ and God alone. Say, that's the kingdom. Close your eyes. Say, Lord, I thank you so much for faith's receiving. Receiving healings, receiving blessings, receiving things of the kingdom. But obedience belongs to you. Obedience is going to cause the transformation, Peter said. He said, your soul is sanctified as you obey and do that word. Transformation. Say transformation. By the renewing of your mind. By the word of God. No other way to renew that mind. Metamorphosis. No other way outside of God's word and his life. And then say mortifying. Say transformation. Comes from God. God alone. By the renewing of the mind. Right? By the word of God. Mortification is a deadening to your emotions, the old you, the old self. Only by God's handiwork. People that are bound in pornography, 
They have a visit from God. They're mortified. They're kind of dead to that thing. Don't you know? Don't you know that it's the will of God? He said that sin will have no dominion over you. That's the word of God. Say sin shall not have dominion over me. When I come to Christ, he abolished sin. He nailed it to his cross and gave me the power to overcome that. That's God. That's reality. You throw aside that religion that I'm a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Well, either you're a sinner or you're saved by grace. You choose what you are. That's a spirit of error that's entered the church. Well, I'm a sinner and I sin every day. I don't. I'm born again. I got eternal life and I'm an overcomer. I'm not sinning. I'm not playing with sin. He paid a great price for that. Come out of that spirit of error. I'm a sinner and I sin every day. That's a spirit of error. The spirit of Christ said, I overcame sin that you can. That's on the outer court. How foolish and how lower the standard we have in the church. And no wonder why we're saying, God's saying, repent. It's my kingdom. It's at hand. My kingdom changes people, transforms people, illuminates people. But you need him. You need a revelation of the kingdom. And we pray for our nation. Amen. And we're repenting. And I'm telling you, I got hope. And I've, I've seen it. Matthew, I think, 11 says he gives us wise men. He sends wise men, prophets, and scribes. We've been praying as a church. As soon as you come up here, maybe like I do, and say, why am I doing this? These leaders are horrible. Why am I praying for this? Because God commanded me to by the Logos of God. Not a feeling, not a rhema even. The Logos says, pray for those in rule. Pray for those in authority. Pray for presidents. Pray for dignities. Why? So he can move through the church. Say the church. Do you know that he gave us the keys of the kingdom, Matthew 18? He said, I want you to be a praying people and a praying church. I want you to pray for the Herods that are leading that nation. I want you to pray, church. I've given you the keys. Speak that word. Release my life. Pray for that president. And things begin to change that we don't see. And I woke up this morning and I said, man, the people that are praying for the leadership, God's answering. He's beginning to send people. He's sending wise men. Say wise men. I saw a prayer breakfast where a man named Ben Carson, look it up on YouTube, listen to him. Obama sitting right there. This man was a surgeon, a doctor, has a great testimony. And began to unfold the kingdom of God. Begin to say, I'm not politically correct, Mr. President, but this is the way that God says to do it. He talked about taxes. You read it. God, your prayers are sending wise men in that man's, in that man's face. That he could repent and turn and change. That our kids could live healthy. And he began to tell them, taxes. Why don't we do what the Word of God says by principle? Everyone gives a tenth and tithes. Whether you make $10 million or, or you make $10, the tithe, 10%. Change it. He goes, go to the simplicity. We've been talking about that. Let's go back to simple, the simplicity that's in God. And then he began to tell in the front of that president, he said, I've seen and read and studied about Rome falling and eroding inwardly. Wise men, say wise men. Say, you're praying and God's sending wise men. That man heard somebody. He heard a sound. He heard a voice, say a voice. Not a message. Don't you know that religion and politics sleep together? Don't you know? Even Jesus said that. They're not afraid of, the, of uh, religion. It's weak. Religion sold out. 
Politics want to be over it. Religion is in compromise with it. But the kingdom and that Nazarene and the voice of God is outside of both of those. It's got a different sound. It doesn't have a message that we're all going to get along. It has the power of a sword that divides and says, Jesus Christ is king. Bow your knee, O kings. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way. You may have popularity for a moment, but your life's like a vapor, gone, and you'll stand before the living God. Put things in perspective in the kingdom. My life is a vapor. The Bible says, young men, your youth is fleeing. It goes by like that. And you become older men. I've seen pictures. I had black hair seven years ago. I got gray now. It's fleeting. Just like that, right? What did God say to us? Invest in things that are remaining. Say remaining things. He said, what's remaining is a kingdom that can't be shaken. I'm not investing in religion. Never have, never will. Investing in Christ and his kingdom. Amen? And so the sound of that voice from that man called Ben Carson is a wise man. He said, I'll send unto you wise men. He sent them. How do you think he got there? Through the prayers of the church. Say the church. And listen, Ephesians 4 says, speaking the truth, say truth. In love. What's the order? Truth. We've got to tell the truth first, and then love follows. Speaking the truth. Say, I'm speaking the truth. People, people don't get it. Jesus said, you, know the, you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. I have people all the time. They don't understand the reality of Christ in the church. They, they just think the church is universal. In Matthew 16, he said, my church, I'll build my church. That's universal. Say universal. All over. There's, there's the church of Christ and, and God over there in uh, Israel, over there, all the nations. That's the universal church, right? But he delegated the keys in Matthew 18 to local churches to pray. The church is more than a Bible study where two people get together. If it wasn't so, he wouldn't say, if you can't get along out there, bring it before the church. Say the church. He wouldn't say that. We've lowered the standards so much and been so compromised. And people say, well, I'm at a Bible study. I'm the church. No. He wouldn't have said it so clearly. He said two believers are getting together and they're breaking bread. But that's not the church. And he said, if you have an offense with a brother, go to him and go to him alone. That's the kingdom. That you might win him. And if he doesn't listen to you, then bring him before the ecclesia. Bring him before the governments that are established. Bring him before called men. Bring him before that. That's the church. That's the reality of the kingdom. Amen? Let's look at, let's look at this. So anyway, Ben Carson, he's beginning to speak, and he begins to unfold the ties. And you can see how uncomfortable that president is, and that's a good thing. See, because when you speak the words of God, people get uncomfortable. When you speak the voice of God, not a message that's watered down, the voice of God into their hearts, they begin to be miserable. Don't you know that that man left there uncomfortable, probably wrestling with his own soul? Don't you know that? All the pride that he has in his own knowledge, that man's smarter. All the pride he has in his own culture, the color of his skin, that man's darker. Can't lean on that, amen? And he heard something out of a wise man that was sent. And then I've seen him on, someone else sent me another information, and he sent him prophets, say prophets. 
And there was prophets prophesying in, in Washington the same day, I think, or the week before that inauguration. And listen to this. I looked up inauguration. Listen to, listen to our forefathers. Let it strengthen you. Listen to George Washington. I looked it up. I said, what was the inauguration? Did they have that? How's that work? I looked it up. This is, in 19, this is April 30th, 1789. You can keep playing for me anyway. And if you're tired, let Joseph play. He'll, he'll play the guitar until his hands bleed. <laughs> That's the kingdom. 1789. I'm going to attempt to read this. He says, this is George Washington. Says the first inaugural. The first. There exists in the, econ- in the economy in the course of nature an indissoluble union between virtue and happiness, between duty and advantage, between the genuine maxims of honest and magnanimous policy and the solid rewards of public prosperity and felicity. I don't even know what that is. Felicity. Since we ought to be no less persuaded that the proper propitious smiles of heaven or prop, like the prosperous smiles of heaven can never be accepted on a nation listen to me the prosperity that smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules and order and right which heaven itself has ordained that's that's our forefathers in this nation you go ahead and listen to the new guy's speech in inauguration. You listen to what he's saying and tell me we haven't eroded as a nation. Tell me that he said, hey, I'm your guy and I'm going to promote more things that God's against than any other president there was. Huh? This is the origin of our forefathers. And that's why we're praying. And, you, and that's why we need to wake out of our slumber as the church. You have a part. Tell your neighbor, you have a part. Your part is important. If you have eternal life in Jesus Christ and you have the power of resurrection in you, you have an ability to pray and begin to change things for your nation. And then he sends people like this, this Ben Carson. And then he sends prophets to this man. And you know he's uncomfortable. I'm waiting for the writing in the walls. Keep praying for those in authority. Pray for that leader. Pray that he be saved. Pray that he come out of religion. Pray that our nation might be well. And leave the rest to God, whatever God does and sees fit to do because he still rules in the kingdoms of men say rules it's all through your word of god though he's invisible he's not unnoticeable tell your neighbor your prayers aren't in vain when you're praying the will of god say the will of god your kingdom come is his will amen and you take on the burden I, i was reading a scripture to sarah and i forget what day it was Oh, idol Super Bowl Sunday, where the women dance in sadomasochist outfits, and all the people are there saying, "Isn't she wonderful?" And half the religious church is saying, "Boy, she's so talented." But the people in the kingdom that had that Nazarene vow, you got to turn the channel and you got to say, "This is sickening." That's not self righteousness. That's reality. Do you know what Luke says in sixteen? It says in the fifteenth verse, the Lord says. Put it up there for me, Cole. Luke 16, 15, I think it is. He said, what the world highly esteems, and the New American Standard says, is detestable in the sight of God. That word detestable means it stinks. It's got a bad aroma to God. 
And Jesus said, are you without, I guess I don't know, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 15, 16. 16, 15. Luke 16, 15. And I want to encourage us as a church. And he said unto them, you are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed, say highly esteemed, among men is detestable, is an abomination that smells in the sight of God. See, we're receiving a kingdom, amen? And we receive benefits in that kingdom. You can go back to Matthew 16, uh, Luke, I called you Luke. Little Luke, like Grandpappy Amos, nobody knows that but us. We're receiving a kingdom. And, and I want to charge you that that's a great thing. This church, you're opening your heart to the lordship of Jesus. And some of you, maybe it was much overdue. Other people, they need to return to that. The lordship of Jesus Christ. That's the beginning of the transformation in our lives. Amen? You know, we, when I was young, I used to hear people, and they had titles called the Grand Worshipper. And they'd sing, don't you want to be a part of his kingdom? Don't you want to be? That's so weak and pathetic. When I hear the sound of the voice of God, and he said, and through Peter, and he says, repent, be baptized, identify with Jesus Christ, and come out of that crooked and perverse generation. Yeah, you go, wow, that's a different sound. Yeah, because that's the sound of God, and that's the sound of his word. Amen? Say, I'm returning to truth in love, aletheia, in love, and I'm going to grow by that. He said unto them, Let's go to this. We'll start Matthew 16. And what, we, what I said before is Matthew, you look at your own Bible. Read Matthew, uh, I, I would say, 8, 9, 10 to about 13. And Jesus takes his disciples on a journey all through this word of God. And Anna wrote that song about receiving the kingdom. And Jesus, he took his disciples from, as we receive the positive sides, he healed people. And he showed his attitude towards sickness it says that he healed them all and he was moved with compassion for he's the lord our healer say he's the same yesterday today forever he's still our healer so he revealed himself to the disciples every every place he faced he showed them that's discipleship he lived it say he lived it among them and showed them he didn't just talk about it he lived it among them and showed them they said, Jesus, you're one that speaks as having authority, not like the religious people. How come? He said, I do and live what I say. Tell your heart, I got to live this thing to have authority with this thing. I can't just echo it, vocalize it. I got to live this. And what I live, I become. And what I become, I can transfer to others. So they followed Jesus in Matthew 9, and he began to... To, to teach them and say, here's healing. This is my attitude towards healing. I want them all well. Let them be healed. Say, he's the Lord, our healer. Say, we receive healing in the kingdom. It's the will of the Father that we're well. It's the will of God that we're whole. It's the will of God that he paid the price where we receive. Amen? And then he, he, he revealed himself as the new wineskin. And he said, I'm going to... You're not comfortable with the skin that you're in. I'm going to put a new wineskin on you. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to transform you. I'm going to give you a new wineskin, a new nature. I'm going to give you new wine in you. And then he revealed himself to them as provider when they were hungry. And he said, I'm going to lift up these breads and I'm going to multiply them. Say, he's my provider. 
I receive that as part of the kingdom. Amen. I receive that with joy. That he is my provision. That he meets all my needs according to the richest measure of his glory in and through, say through, Christ Jesus. And then he revealed himself as, I'm not religion, I'm the Lord of rest. You'll never rest in truth, in religion. You'll be tired. You'll be worn out. And he said, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. And he showed himself as Lord of the Sabbath to his disciples. He said, I'm the greater David. I'm the king. David is an example, but I'm the real king. I'm the greater David. That's Matthew 12. He said, I'm, I'm the greater temple. Quit looking at this outward thing. I'm the greater temple. And I'm going to build my church, a bunch of tabernacles together. Amen? So though we receive that. Amen? With joy, right? But as he progressed and took his disciples to experience those experiences, in the 13th chapter of Matthew, the last, you write it down in your notes, 53, I think, and 52, part of the kingdom is rejection. Tell your neighbor, rejection. Yeah, part of it's the benefit and the healings and the prosperity and the prospering. Like, like George Washington said, if we keep God as our Lord, of course he's going to prosper us. But part of it also of the kingdom is rejection. He says, now you got that, you see that? 13th chapter, 52, 53. He was rejected by his own people by thinking that he was natural. He was rejected by religion in the 13th chapter. And he's saying to us, don't you know? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Yeah, I am. But it's not happy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you. It's not life in, in some stuff in God. There is some sufferings. And it's not always fun. That's just plain honesty. But God's in you. To overcome it. To grow in it. To grow through it. Amen. So he goes to the 14th chapter of Matthew. So in the kingdom. Say in the kingdom there's rejection. I don't know about you, but if you gave your, if you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, say Lord of your life. See, I, I, I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything about God. In California in 1980, I knew nothing about God. And he, he sent me people. He sent me coaches for me in my sphere. He sent me men that said, you know, Jesus Christ is the answer. And I'm like, not so interested right now. Coach, how about me doing the work here? And then he sent other men to me of that order. Amen. But eventually those men went away. And maybe even I, I pushed it away for a while. But the Word of God continued to work. And I remember having a Bible. And I remember sitting there and contemplating and saying, i got to get right with God. That was God in me, right? And that's what God does in you. And he begins to say, how do I get right? How do I get right? And let's go to Romans chapter 10. In Matthew 16, I'll finish it up in a little bit. But he said this. That you're going to receive rejection. You're, you're going to go on and you're going to be rejected by religion, kingdom people. You're going to be rejected by religion, kingdom people. And you're going to re be rejected by politicians. He said that in the 14th chapter of Matthew. That John the Baptist, he said to a man, a politician, a man called Herod. He told him, what you're doing is not right. You're sleeping with your brother's wife. It's not right. That was the voice in the wilderness. Amen. That was the voice of the kingdom. And he addressed that politician and said, it's not right what you're doing. You know, he didn't do the politically correct thing. He told him the truth. Amen. Because he wasn't a part of religion. He was a Nazarene. Say a Nazarene. He was a, a man with a vow to God. 
a commitment to the Lord. He was a man that was under authority and would not shave his head. He was a man and a different priest that wouldn't wear the same garment that his dad even wore in religion. He was a kingdom man. Amen? And the only reason politicians let, let religion is they can have them under their thumb. But they can't put a kingdom man or woman under their thumb. Because they're going to speak the truth. It's not right. That's not right. That's not true. That's not right. Amen? Politicians, you know, I try to do a study on politicians. I get so frustrated seeing them. Because when I see those men, not all, say not all. But when I see most of the men on those Congress and Senate, I think that most of them, I'm trying to do a study on average, they're nothing more than the sons of trial lawyers. Not true leaders. I don't know how they got in there. I don't know if they were the guys that were thrown in the garbage can in high school and have a complex and want to be in some type of power. I don't know that. But I know they don't have that mark of leaders, most of them. Sons of trial lawyers. Politicians, right? You know what the Bible calls men like that? He calls them Ahabs. Ahab was a man that, that wanted to please the people because he wanted promotion and wanted to make a name for himself. And with every Ahab, there's a Jezebel. You've got to know that. Hey, they don't like the reality of the kingdom. If you were to say anything and stand up for God, and you do, the media, a type, I'm saying some of the media, most of the media, type of Jezebel, they'll put you down and make you look like you're an idiot. Oh, you believe that archaic thing? Oh, you're stupid, you're foolish, or whatever. And, 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 and they're progressively getting more foolish. You got comedians that think that, that a president is their father. Huh? Tell me who's foolish and stupid. It was always in their heart. It was. Remember we said in the beginning of the year, the hidden things coming to light? It was always in that guy's heart. Now it's coming to light. Blatant. For all to see. And what used to entertain us now we, we see in light, oh my gosh, is that who you are? Oh yeah, the president is our daddy, and the government's our mommy, and it'll take care of us. See, that's a paradigm that comes from a culture. That's not Christ. Are you listening to me? I'm stirring your hearts, because God has told us here, I'm re-emphasizing my kingdom. I'm re-emphasizing it for our lives at the least, but I believe it's for the universal church as well. That it's reemphasizing the king and the kingdom. Because we must have forgot some things. We must have forgot the path. We must have got off of it because we must have been like, like the disciples in, in uh, what scripture? Acts 1 and, and verse 6. They said, hey, hey, tell us about the kingdom of God. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. For you is not to know the times. It's for the Father to give. But here's what's for you to know. I'm going to endue you with power. And I'm going to make you my witness. And I want you to preach my kingdom to every person. And I want you to have a voice with God. And I want you to have a word that pierces darkness and brings people to repentance and transformation. That's what I want for you. But you want to know what's going to go on in America. And you want to go and know what's going on in Israel. And you want to know what's going on in the natural. And he says, that's not for you to know right now. So God realigns our eyes in our focus. You look at Acts chapter 1. It says, the Lord appeared unto them on and off for 40 days he appeared poof here i am then he disappeared and left him with that word speaking into them the things concerning the kingdom say the kingdom the rule of god and then he disappeared then he reappeared and he restrengthened them and then they they kind of were starting to get it and then the sixth verse they go hey tell us about natural israel and he says now for you to know 
Here's what I want you to know, church. Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that Christ breathed in you when you received him. And you've got life within you. And I want you to be clothed with power from on high. And I want you to be my witnesses. Say my witnesses. You know, me and Carmen were talking. And I was telling her about this Nazarene thing. And she said, you know, there's a, there was a book that I studied. I don't know what city she was in. That they were talking about Nazarenes. Nazareans, and it's dear to my heart. And she said, this man said this thing about we've seen apostles in our day. We've seen prophets in our day. But we haven't seen those Nazarene men and women in this day. Nazarene, bottom line, sold out to Jesus Christ and to his lordship. Bottom line, you can call him a Nazarene, you can call him the witness. Say the witnesses. Say, I'm a witness. How I live, how I show how I live, where I go, everywhere I go, I'm a witness. I'm endued with power to be a witness of his kingdom, of his resurrection in me. Verse, uh, uh, let's go verse 6 through 10. And if you're reading your Bible and you're there, I'm going to have you turn there. Matthew 16, I think it's the 17th verse, and we're going to go Romans 10. And Jesus leads them and tells them through politics, through re- rejection of religion, he leads them to the bottom of a mountain. In that final place, it's called Mount Hermon. At the bottom of the mountain, say the bottom of the mountain. And he drops a thought in their heads. Say meditation brings revelation. See, when we're talking about building the kingdom, it's not our own power. It's not our own strength. It's not just my volition and my strength. I told you we could choose that and choose that. But with that, it takes enlightenment. It takes light. It takes something to transform us. And Peter, he was with his disciples at the bottom of the mountain in Matthew 16. And I'll get to Romans in a minute. Unless you're that fast cold and you want to go to both. In Matthew 16, and he says to them, I got you at the bottom of this mountain. You've been with me a long time. And I want to ask you a question. Say a question. And the Lord puts a thought in their heads. Say meditation. Comes by us thinking the Lord's thoughts. And he says this to them. He said, here. Who do men say that I am? He puts that thought in their head. They followed him everywhere. They walked with him everywhere. They've seen his attitude towards everything. They see the unfolding of his kingdom. And so do we as we follow him. Huh? Who, who has a, What verse is that? 16. I'll just read it from, from my Bible and then I'll let Cole stay there. What is it? 13? Okay. You do? And when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, say that place, Caesarea. That Caesarea of God, that Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? Right? He asked them that. So they're sitting at the bottom of this mountain, and he's about to reveal his kingdom in a whole other dimension. Just like he's doing with me and you. Say, just like he's doing with me. In this hour, these 40 days, I'm receiving his appearance through the word deeper in the kingdom. Amen? And he said, who do men say that I am? And they said to him, some say that you're John the Baptist. And some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah. And others are are one of the prophets. That's what they're saying. In the next verse, and Jesus says this. Okay. He says to them, but who say you that I am? Put your finger on your chest. Who do I say that he is? Is he religion? No way. Is he politics? Not even close. 
Who is he? Who is this one? So as he begins to think about it, you've got to know, we make everything so ultra-spiritual that I'm telling you, return to simplicity. He, Jesus jarred his thinking. Pow! Think on this for a second. Peter, you've got to know, he started venturing back what we call chapters and goes, Hey, over here he appeared as the Lord of the Sabbath. Over here he appeared as, as the, the one greater than David. Over here he appeared, and it all starts recalling, just like it does in me and you, from the encounters we have with God as we read his word. And then all of a sudden, as that happens, and we're meditating... How God speaks in that thought, our thought, with a clear thought that begins to be a revelation. Say revelation. It happens for me that way. It happens for you that way. It happens today that way. As we think on his thoughts, we permit him to give the light, the illumination of that thought. And I had a young man come to me that I was saying, sitting on my porch. And he said, Craig, I had the clearest thought. I said, of course you did. That was God's revelation to you. He goes, no, I don't mean, I don't have to just meditate it. It stuck with me. Of course it did. His word has substance and it sticks and it'll join you. You got a revelation from God. Simon Bar-Jonah, I could have sat at the table. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that. My father in heaven revealed it. How? He was thinking on it. He was thinking on it and gave God opportunity to enlighten that thought. Amen? And Simon Peter answered said, wow, I'm thinking about all this in the past and it's really, it's really simpler. So tell your neighbor, it's simpler than you think. You work too hard. You struggle too much. You, you think too hard. It's not studying. It's revelation, right? Just give yourself to God. Just give yourself to the Word. Just read it and meditate it and let Him reveal it. Thou art, he goes, and Peter said, answer said, thou art the Christ, say the Christ. That word means the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that God chose. No other name in heaven and earth where men might be saved, but by that name. Jesus is the same yesterday and forever, amen? He is the way, the truth, and the life. Apart from him, there is no other. That's reality, that's spiritual substance, amen? And you know, a lot of things I want to emphasize, and some of you go, well, I don't see it that way. You have, if you're born again, you have resurrection. You'll get illumination. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Amen? Next verse. And I say unto you that you are Peter. And he doesn't tell him Simon Barjona. You know that word means one blown like the reed. Simon Barjona, son of, blown by the reed, a flaky guy, given to change, amen? I meet him every day. I meet him every day even in the kingdom. One day they tell me, this is the will of God for my life, Craig. Tomorrow it's not. I say, you're still Simon Barjona. But don't despair. Keep following the Lord and he's going to make that thing out of you. He'll make you a fisher of men. He'll make that Peter rock solid out of you. Just keep following him. I don't panic. I know they're all over like the wind. Just keep following him. That's what you do. That's just the key, man. That's the simplicity in God. And you are Peter. Upon this rock I will build, say build, my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? His church. Not religion. His church. Next verse. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to write down in divine order. The revelation, first things first of the kingdom, is Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ. Number one revelation that will transform you, not just change you, but transform your life is when you begin with the confession of Jesus Christ on your lips. He doesn't stop until he conforms himself in your life. But it starts with the confession of Jesus as Lord. Romans 10, I'm not going to have Cole go back there. He says this, 
He says, if you will confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. He didn't say Savior, amen? He said as Lord. That word Lord means ruler. It means master. It even denotes boss. Someone over you. Lord Jesus. He said, if you will confess the beginning, Jesus as Lord. Amen? You can stop playing, man. You sound like you're tired. You can stop playing. Confess Jesus as Lord. Amen? That's how it begins for all of us. And I want us to return to that reality. I want us to return that. That's how it was for me, a guy that didn't know God. I had to say this. I'm, this is the day i got to give my life. Say, give my life to Jesus. See, that's a big difference when you're just saying, I'm just going to receive him as safety. No, I'm going to give my life to him. And that was all my buddies that didn't know God, their same concept. Because you had to count a cost. And you go, hey, if I give my life and make him Lord, what that really, really means, the lordship of Jesus, it means it's the end of me, of my will, my wants, my desires, my things. It means he's owner, ruler of my life. And now it's him and his will and et cetera. And so we all feared that. But nevertheless, God convicts you into that. Amen? And so we said, we, what do you say? Jesus is Lord. It begins with that confession. Starts right there. I, listen, I was the, probably the worst at believing. I had to look up the definition of what to believe. How sad is that? I probably had the mo- more doubt than, than any of you guys ever had in your head. But it started simply with the confession, Jesus, your Lord. I give you my life. And in doing so, that's the end of mine. That's the beginning of change. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I didn't understand it, but I remember that confession, day one, all of a sudden, I, the next level was for me, day one, stop cussing. Day, day one, cussing, I can't do it no more, I feel bad. All I said was, Jesus is Lord, amen? Jesus is Lord, I give you my life. That means it's your life begins and mine ends. Don't you know 2 Corinthians 5 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, Amen? It means old things have passed away and all things have become new, right? I'm starting to pass away, the old eye. He starts to begin. He cleans you outside. Stop cussing, day one. Day three, I stopped drinking, poured all my liquor down the drain. Day four, I'm trying to remember the exact dates. What, what happened? Say it happens for everyone that confess Jesus as Lord. He takes us up on that and he begins to visit our hearts and transform our lives. Even though I knew nothing, even though you might not know anything, the newest person that confesses and gives his life to him, he starts that transforming process. That's the lordship of Jesus. Day, day three, I can't remember, day three, what was the next, the next thing that started going? Oh, for me back then, we had albums. I had a bunch of them. Albums, music, albums. <laughs> had a bunch of them. In my heart with God, threw them out. They weren't benefiting me in what he was wanting to do in me. Next level after that, left family Sundays and forsook them and went for assembly on Sundays. That's not me. I couldn't stand people, and especially religious things. Say, that's the lordship of Jesus. And you forsake that. You go, no, he's dealing with you. He deals with you and deals with you. And you follow. Why? Why did, it, why did I do that? Because he's working in you. Say, grace is working in you to obedience. Not just that I could receive. Oh, I received you and I stay right here stagnant. No, it's a progressive Jesus. And he's going to move you out of this, out of this, out of this, out of this, and into this. 
And everyone experiences that if they confess Jesus as Lord. If they did the religious gig and said, hey, you're my Savior and I get to keep my life, it's not how it works. It's an exchange of life. And that's what I, I work arduously for, for young men and the guys that come there. Jesus is Lord. He's King. Let Him begin in your life. Hey, listen, I make it, it was hard on me, and I make it easier for other people. I've got to stop that. I've got to tell them, it was, yeah, it was hard. You better believe it was. Leaving some friends. That was, a, that was a second thing. Friends. Hey, let's go over here, Craig. Let's go to that old bar. Okay. Uncomfortable. Can't be there no more. Take me home. I got to go. Why? Why? That's your next confession. I gave my heart to God. Jesus Christ, I'm serving. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't care. Get me out of here. I got to go. What do you think that does to a young man, a young woman? Transforms their life, changes their life. That is the way of the cross because he said it starts with Jesus as Lord. I'm the Lord in Christ. And then he says, hey, now I'm going to talk about my church and what it really is like. And then I'm going to talk about the way of the cross. And that's what it's really like. I don't know how it works the other way. I I don't understand it the other way. I understand that Jesus is Lord and there's this progression. And you lose your life to find his life. Amen? Say that's the kingdom. And that's the lordship of Jesus. I don't understand 40 years and still struggling with cussing. I don't understand that. I think it's impossible. In the word of God, in my experience, impossible. It's a small thing that resurrection conquers at the beginning. I know, don't shout me down here. You can say, well, it's getting tight. Good. It is tight because it is, it is a tight place. But man, what a joy to enter in the kingdom of God. Amen. Yeah, listen to me. Get, get this. All those who live godly, say all who live godly, in Christ Jesus, shall suffer persecution. That's the word of God. I, I wish it wasn't that way, right? In my flesh. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. And so if we change our mind to his mind, we're going to succeed a lot better, amen? And we'll tell people the same way we went. They'll go. And he starts with this. Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God, number one, if you're taking notes. And upon that revelation, I'm going to transform your life from a a flaky person that's blown in the wind to a solid person in my kingdom. And then he goes on and says, my church, ecclesia, I'm going to build my church with people like you. People that have things with meaning, the, the kingdom of God, reality in God. I'm going to build my church out of those kind of people, out of that called out people. Amen? And then he said after that, he said, I'm going to reveal the kingdom. Where, where is the kingdom revealed to? It's revealed to the church, and the, out of the church comes the kingdom. That's the word of God. Amen? And then he says after that, and I'm going to show you the way of the cross. I'm going to show you this way, because that's the only way it works. It doesn't work with all the falsities in the fodder. It doesn't work with singing kumbaya. It doesn't work just singing empty dead things in religion. It doesn't. Amen? Say, I know that. Say, Craig, you're preaching to the choir. Go ahead. Oh, you're afraid to. (laughs) And maybe you're not. Maybe I'm not preaching to the choir. Then if I'm preaching to the choir, then I'm equipping the choir to go out and win people. Because I'll tell you about this. Day six, probably in my life, I was telling people about Jesus. Think it's fun? Yeah, Arthur told you. It's it's kind of scary. That's part of the kingdom. You tell other people. Uh, But but be honest with them. 
If you care about people, you need to tell them, hey, seriously, there is a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. Seriously. Not, don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? If they would have told me that message back then, instead of the God that gripped my heart, I would have said, no, I don't want to. No, I don't. But the God that gripped my heart begins to convict me and say, you've got to get right with God. I don't understand it here. But I, I can't help but surrender and obey. It's more weighty than the life that I was living. Right? Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Say he's Lord. Bring back that part of the kingdom in our lives. Lordship of Jesus. See, obedience belongs to God. Do you think I did all these things because I had warm fuzzies? And, and then had to tell my family, hey, you don't know, Italian families. Hey, we're not going to eat pasta with you on Sunday. We're going to assemble with the church. And they begin to, they begin to get angry at us. Well, can't you, do you have to stay so long? Yeah, I do. And then they sent nuns and uh, religious people and had to tell them at my house, get him back. He's apostate. He left the Catholic church. It's never in it. I was just dripped with water on it. I remember them. I couldn't remember. I was a baby. They sprinkled my head. Went a couple of times on, a, on Easter because you're supposed to. And I left there and they were mad. They're mad. You, that's another thing. Who, who led me out of that? I'm telling you straight up, I'm not great. I didn't like it. I wouldn't do it in a million years. But it's God that commands and demands obedience that's better than sacrifice. And that's how you progress in your life. That's how you don't stay and remain dead. That's how you continue on with the Lord because he's continuing in you. And things begin to fall off of you. And he makes you a new creation and the predestined you in him. And now you find callings and elections and etc. in his kingdom. Amen? Let's read this. Uh, let's see what verse I want to go. I don't know where it's at, uh, Tom. You might could do it in your computer brain. But he said he's both Lord and Christ. And, and let's, uh, I'm going to keep in the context of this. Matthew 16, that the first, the thing began with the confession of Jesus as, as the Christ, the Son of God, right? He's the Son of the living God. I'm sorry. That was the beginning. We're going to start right there with number one. We're going to go to number two, that his ecclesia, his church, and in the kingdom on another day, and the cross, the way of the cross. We'll do that because that's God's order in the kingdom of God. So where am I at in Acts? I said to go to, uh, is it 36? Acts 2.36. Okay, yeah, I think it is. All right. Listen to this in 22. I'll just read. You can stay there, Cole. It says, men of Israel, two. I'm going to go back one more time. I'm going to read this to you so you write in your notes. Acts chapter 1, verse 3, it says, and to these he also presented himself alive in it after his sufferings by many Say many. Convincing proofs. Appearing to them over a period of 40 days. And speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to verse 6. And like I told you earlier. And they said, Lord, when is the, the coming and the restoring of the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times, the epochs, which the Father has fixed for his own authority. But verse 8, but you will receive power. Here's what I want you to know. You're to receive some power. And the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Say my witnesses. Say my cleaned up ones. Say my ones with power. Say my ones with influence. Say my ones under a God's authority. Say that one that doesn't fall in love with entertainment and worldliness. Say that's my witness. That's my Nazarene. Those are my people that will 
turn the world upside down and that will change the age. It's those people. It's my Nazareans. Amen? Say, God, make me a Nazarene. Make me that witness. In verse 6, and he, said, and he goes on, he said, but this is what I want you to know. You're going to receive power. And I'm showing you this, and I'm going to ascend. I'm, not only am I incarnation, Jesus, I'm the incarnation. I'm God, birthed in the flesh in that manger, but I'm also the resurrection. Say, I'm the resurrection. Who do men say that I am? Whenever he says I am in your Bible, it always means the resurrection. That's part of it. He is the resurrection. Say, I am. He is. He is the resurrection and the life. He that believes on him, yet he dies, he shall live forever. Say, you are the resurrection. And now point to your heart. I have resurrection. Because I've been born again of an incorruptible seed by the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And he dwells within me. And he quickens and renews my mind. And he quickens and restores my health. And he restores my mortal body. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Say, he is resurrection. And then he goes on, he goes, I'm resurrection. And he goes, I'm going to show you my ascension, which means this, I'm going up. Say he's going up. Matter of fact, say he's gone up. He said, look at what I'm going to do. Let's read that verse 9. And after that, he said these things. He was lifted up while he was lo- they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, say going, Behold, two men in white cloth stood beside them, and they also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the, just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. And they went back to the upper room, it says in 12th chapter, and they waited on God, right, on that Sabbath day. Do you know what's amazing to me? They went into the upper room. Where was the place? It says, say, Jerusalem. That was the place that rejected him. That was a place that had big religion. That was the place where the temple was. Amen? And out of that place, after he ascended, he's the ascended Christ. He's ascended. He birthed the church in Jerusalem out of the place that didn't want nothing to do with him. And they entered the city in the upper room where they were staying, it says. And Peter and John and James and Andrew and uh, Thomas and Philip and Bartholomew and all these guys. They stayed, they says in verse 14, these all on, on one mind are continually devoting themselves, stay devoting themselves to prayer. Say prayer. Along with the women and Mary, say Mary, the mother of Jesus. You got to tell your friends she's not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. You got to tell your friends that she was in the upper room. I told my, I had to tell my mother-in-law. She's well, you know, you, you got, you got, you got God the father and you have baby Jesus and you got big Mary. <laughs> I said, no, Mary's little Mary, highly favored of big God, and she's in the upper room listening to Jesus, the Son of God. I'm just saying, that's the Word of God. Right? All right. You can, you can do it. I made a few mistakes in my zeal. Don't get me wrong. I did. I, said, I made a lot of mistakes, actually, in my zeal. Oh, Craig's trying to get us saved. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get you saved. It's no joke to me. I'm telling you. <laughs> If I suffer this affliction, come on. <laughs> All right. And it says they went in the upper room, and then, you know the story, and then it goes on. So verse 22 of the chapter 2, and, and he begins as he's clothed. Say he's clothed with power from on high. See, you, you, in John 20, it says the Lord breathed into us, right? He went to the disciples and went, receive eternal life. And you've, you've uh, confessed Jesus, you received him, you got eternal life. And then he said, now I want you to endue you and clothe you. To be my witnesses. I want you to do some stuff with me and for me by my power. Amen? 
And then he goes on, and after this change happens, this garment change happens on Peter, it says, men of Israel, he begins to talk to them. Listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene. Say Jesus the Nazarene. I'm, who changes the age? Samuel was a Nazarite. John the Baptist was a Nazarite. Jesus the Nazarene. What does that mean? If you look and do your own study, Numbers chapter 6. Look at, or, uh, yeah, number six. Go through the whole chapter of Numbers and look at Old Testament concealed, New Testament revealed. Because don't get into the legalism and the religion of it. Look at the spirit of it. And look what it, what's required of a Nazareth. He doesn't cut his hair. That means, what does it really mean in our day in biblical truth is he's one under authority. He's under the head. Say the head. He's, he's got a covering. Say a covering. He doesn't cut his hair and he's saying, I'm totally under this one called the king. I'm totally under this one. I don't compromise. And also, number two is he made a vow. Some people are are Nazarites not because they're born. It's because they made a vow. That was another aspect of a Nazarene. They made a vow to God. And another thing is they didn't drink grapes. And I know I'm not talking about just this wine thing. It is symbolic of they didn't love the world and all the entertainment in it. As a matter of fact, they couldn't even touch a grape skin or a seed. They weren't playing around. Say they weren't playing around. They were dedicated to God, sanctified, and under authority, respecting his authority, respecting what he says to them. When, they go, when you go to the movie theater and you go there to watch a movie, that God doesn't stay outside in the hall with the popcorn center. He goes right in the middle with you. And then when you start feeling uncomfortable and say, man, I, I made a covenant with my eyes not to behold this trash, and you got to get out and leave, and, and you wasted $8. Say Nazarene. It's a small thing. Keep yourself with all diligence and uh, preach it. For out of, protect your heart for out of the issues of life. Nazarene. Say Nazarene. You know what else is in the kingdom? And you look at the Nazarene vow in, in uh, number six. We always talk about, in, in, the, in the weakness of the church, always talking about sin, right? In Romans chapter 8, verse 2, it says, The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from what? The law, say the law, of sin, but what else? Death. These Nazareans, they couldn't hang around death. Tell your neighbor, I can't hang around death. I don't hang around sin, but I can't hang around death. In the kingdom, it's life or death. Huh? It's progressive. We don't sit there and struggle with the same sin over and over. We struggle till we conquer and then go on to the next. But in, in, in that other part, it's life we're concerned about. I told this young man, he goes, you know, I want to do this right, I do that right. I said, you know what, I, want, I, want, I, w- I just want him to tell me this and tell me that. I said, he's not going to tell you anything but this. Life and death are set before you. Choose life. That's the way in the kingdom of God. That's the way of Jesus Christ. Because he breathed in you and gave his spirit and his life in you, he, you have life and death in you. And I always use these low-level revelations, but you know when your spirit don't bear witness to that thing? That's the witness of God in you. When you can't abide that movie, you can't abide that whatever's on that Super Bowl, you can't abide that, take it a step further. That's God teaching you to discern and walk away and see. Say, greater light, 2013. Greater light, hidden things coming to light. Tell your neighbor that's good news for you because you've been away with your father in secret. He's going to reward you openly. It's good news for you. It's not good news for the comedian. 
that thinks that the president's his daddy. It's not. That's embarrassing. He's not, he's not my daddy. He said, he said that this, that God's the father of all spirits. That's numbers. He's the father of all spirits. And the government's not my mother. You know, when I made uh, $4,000 that year when I left California to go follow God, and I might have done some stupid and zeal. No, I knew, I knew following was right. But how I did it all out, just I go. That $4,000 that month, a year, I'm sorry, a year. People came to me all the time and said to me, you should get, uh, and I hope I don't hurt anyone's feelings, whatever, I, I don't know. How do I say this? I'll hurt your feelings anyway. It's just the way it is and it doesn't matter. They tried to tell me to get food stamps. I said, I'm not doing that. Either this thing is going to work or it's not. And if it's not going to work the way God said it now, then I'm getting out early while I'm in my 20s so I can go on and do whatever the heck I want. But you know what? It worked. And, and we joke about it. And Danielle say, I don't want to eat that poverty soup. But we learned how to abase. I said, this isn't poverty. Poverty has a spirit that makes people afraid. Poverty's like like this. Poverty's like, what are you going to do if you lose your job? People always tell me this. Oh, how do you do what you do? Live there and, and just believe God to provide? You have no guarantees. And I told him, you got no guarantees either. You could lose your job tomorrow. You got to learn it like me. It's not a preacher's specialty. You got to learn it too, that God's your provider. And you got to be free from the spirit of poverty because you're still in it. When you have fear. What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen the next day? What if I don't have this job? What if I don't? And I, and I learned a lot of that, what if I don't, in that, in that time zone. And I said, what if I don't until who he is? And I'm not, I'm, so I'm not saying it was easy, that, that abasing year, but I never went without. Don't ask me how uh, one egg feels like you ate eight. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know? I mean, didn't we have food? Danielle, she said, she called poverty. She said, I go, no, those were times of abasing. Poverty has a spirit to it. And you know what broke in our lives? Poverty. Don't have it. Which is missing in, in this culture and generation. You know what we did? We lived in a... I almost... See, I thought I was free from cussing for a second. <laughs> I was going to say, I almost came on out of it. We were in a caca house. <laughs> we lived in a doo-doo house. <laughs> we, we lived in a house that wasn't the best. But you know what God says in his word and in his kingdom? Live in that funky place. That's a provision. And fix it and make it better when you leave it. That's my kingdom. That's what God says to do. That's what we did. Anna, she began to decorate on that thing that looked horrible. She began to create and do what God said to do. And then when we were finally at that place to leave that place, it looked better than when we came. That's the way of God for all of us. Say all of us. That's the kingdom of God. Whatever job you have, whatever house you live in, make it better when you leave than it was when you were there. Came. Say that's kingdom. And God said this, that if you're faithful in another man's, I'm going to give you your own. That's a hope for some of you. That's a promise. And that's still today. You know what? It's like I, I didn't swallow some special pill. Say so you swallowed it too. You picked the blue pill in the matrix like I did or whatever it was. You're on that journey. You've got to go that way. And poverty doesn't scare you anymore. And when you wake up in the morning and it says, what are you going to do now? There's no money for this. Boo. You say, whatever. Whatever. I've been there before. I've been there before. I really don't care. And if I lose sleep over it, it doesn't gain me anything. Tomorrow has enough worry in itself. Wait till tomorrow, devil. I'll get up. 
and we'll work this out with God. Amen? Say, that's the kingdom. Nazarene, say, it's time. And listen, as I'm talking, some of you, it's time for you to tell some of your people where you stand with God. It's time for you to tell some of your lost friends, hey, it, the, the time is to get right with God. It's time to, for you to witness of your faith and who you are. That'll grow you in God. Amen? All right. And he says, Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by, by God with miracles and wonders and signs. And he, goes, and he goes on to them. He tells them about who he was and the cross and all that. He says, by your hands of godless men, you put him to death. Verse 24. But God raised him up again. Say, God raised him up again. Putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Say, resurrection overcomes death. Resurrection overcomes sin. Resurrection overcomes sickness. And he said, he said, he goes on, you read it yourself. And he says in verse 28, you have made known to me the ways of life. And the verse 31, he said, behold, and look ahead. He spoke of the resurrection of the Christ. You, you, when you're talking about the apostles' teachings and the apostles, the apostles' teachings and the apostles' fellowship, it has to do with Christ as Lord. It has to do with the kingdom of God. And if we stay true to the word of God, we don't get into all that error of God. I had a man call me saying, Craig, I'm, I'm, I read this email that, that my, uh, this guy sent me. And I was on the highway with Anna. I said, I can't right now. I've I got to pull over. And I read that email. And I read, I don't think, what was it, a paragraph? Paragraph of that. And I said, wrote him back, don't read it anymore. This man has an evil spirit. Easy as that. He's not, just, he's not just a guy that's telling you wrong advice. He's got an evil spirit. He was trying to crush him, crush his wife, crush him all. I said, cut him off, leave him alone. The Bible says mark him, have nothing to do with him. He's got an evil spirit. I don't say that very often. I don't say that often. It's a, there's a great responsibility in saying that. I'm not going to uh, judge another man's servant unless I'm righteously judging. That's between me and God, and so it is with you. But you've got to say the truth. And he said, you know, I felt that. I said, yeah, get away. He, got, he had this crazy concept away from the word of God, the apostles' teachings, and that what an apostle was and what he was to do under this guy. It was a spirit of error, and it was an evil spirit. We go back to what God's saying, his word. Say his word. We're not going to be deceived. All this foolishness. Say this. In light, the Bible says, in light, I see light. In his greater light, I see light. And all this thing that seems bright when God shows up is foolish. Amen? So he goes on. I'm going to wrap it up here real quick. He spoke of the resurrection of Christ. He says, this Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. Say, I'm a witness. Some form and some way you're a, a witness of his resurrection. Something happened to you. Whether you just started out in the confession of Jesus on your lips or as those things begin to change in you. Somewhere you have resurrection at work in you. See, because the Apostle Paul, he, he exhausted the Greek language in Ephesians 1 saying, I want you guys to know something. That God's not a doctrine. I'm paraphrasing. I, got, I want you to know something. Ephesians 1, Paul the Apostle. It's not a storybook. He said, no, I want you to know something. This thing isn't just knowledge. He said, you've got to have your eyes opened up. You've got to begin to see some things. You've got to see these things. I want you to know. Paul's saying, I want you to know the power of his resurrection. I want you to know the hope of his calling. 
I want you to know that. So I'm praying for you. The same light that I got on Damascus, I want you to know you're going to see it by that light. You're going to know the hope of his calling. You're going to know the inheritance in the saints. And you're going to know, and I want you to know so bad, church, saints, the power of his resurrection. And he uses these key words, and he goes, he says the power of his resurrection. I'm trying to explain it with human language. He said it's the same power that wrought Jesus from the dead. He said that word power is, is energio. He said, or dunamis. And he goes to the next verse, and there's another one. It's by dunamis. It's by exousia. It's by these powers that he raised Jesus from the dead. And he goes, I'm trying to communicate it. I'm exhausting the Greek language, but I want you to see this. Because that power is toward, big T-O, say T-O. It's toward you. It's toward me who believe. He began to unfold the mystery of, of, of uh, transmission. God, the Father in heaven, Jesus at the right hand of the Father, we the church, to us word, is his resurrection. Say, he is resurrection. I have resurrection. And he's saying, every time you begin to pray, that resurrection in you begins to show up toward us. Say, to us. Say, resurrection is to me who believe. Say, God, give me the light on it. I'll get this. It's part of the kingdom. But you gotta, you got to open your mouth. you got to pray. And then you see somebody enter the words that you're praying, and you sense a presence and a power with your prayer. That's God. And he wants us to grow in that resurrection. Amen? And listen to this. This is the end of the thing here. He goes, he, he goes on. He says, brethren, verse, I don't know what verse I'm in, 38, I think, 36. Oh, let's go back. Say Lordship. I'm talking about 101. Lordship 101. He said in 36, Therefore all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him. Say God made him. Both Lord. Say Lord. Say Master. Say Ruler. Owner. Head. Lord. And Christ. Peter's revelation in Matthew 16 was furthered to Lord and Christ here in Acts 2. Say it's a furthering word. And now they heard this in verse 37. And they were pierced, say pierced. Say words of the kingdom pierce my heart. Jesus, uh, they told that to Mary. Your son's going to speak and he's going to pierce your heart. That's kingdom, right? Enough to change and transform your life. And said to Peter, uh, what is this? I can't see. Oh, the rest of the, the rest of apostles, brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, number one, repent, say repent. Say, you heard it, change your mind, turn from your mind, repent, the kingdom's here. And each of you be baptized. You know what baptism is, part of baptism? It's identification with Jesus. I repented, I believed in Jesus, I got to get baptized, why? I'm going to stand in this baptism, I'm going to identify with him, and I'm standing for public witnesses, I'm his. And my life is over. And in this water, it means my life is terminated. I'm dead. Baptism's for dead men. I'm already dead. I'm dead here, and I'm witnessing to you. I identify with him. I belong to him. That's what baptism is. It's not that ridiculous stupidity in doctrines. It's a real encounter with God and a stance for God and a stance in your discipleship. Repent. I've changed my thinking. Standing here, I'm terminated. My life is over. I identify with Jesus. You see that, church? You see that if we're outside? People, he is my identification. I'm not a seeker-friendly Christian. I'm his. 
And I got to tell some people that I'm his. I can't sit there and cohabitate with people and never tell them this is who I belong to. I can't look like them. I got to look like him. Say that's Christianity. It's really the normal Christian life. But a lot of us got duped through all this muddy religion that muddies the waters. Amen? Say repent. It's a word of the kingdom. Change your thinking. Identify with Jesus. Your life is over. His is beginning and growing and growing daily. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Amen? And then look at this. Verse 40. Repent. 23, 40. He goes, uh, repent each of you for the forgiveness of sin. And he goes on in the, by the 40th verse. He said, be baptized. 40, he says this. And then with many other words. Say many other words. He solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them. He kept on exhorting them. He kept on exhorting them. What do you think I'm doing today? I keep on exhorting us. Exhorting, exhorting, exhorting. Not just repenting. Not just being baptized. Not just identifying. But listen to what this gospel message of the kingdom is. And be saved from what? Be saved from what? Huh? I can't hear you. (laughs) From what? From this what? What kind of generation? I don't know what that means. Give me the amplifier. It's crooked. (laughs) Your salvation begins with the confession of Jesus in your lips. Peter's preaching saying, you're going to repent. You're going to identify with Jesus, not just one time, the rest of your life. And then he said, you're going to come out. And Peter solemnly and earnestly witnessed, testifying and admonishing and exhorting with more continuous speaking. And warned, say warned, reproved, advised, encouraged them, saying, be saved from, be saved from this crooked, perverted, wicked and unjust generation. Come out. You're the church, ecclesia. Come out from among them. Is that the gospel of God? That's what he said to be saved from. Close your eyes. Say, Lord. This feels like a hard word, but I know it's a true word. I know it's the defining of the scriptures themselves. I know your word is true and not a lie. I'm not lowering the standard of the king or the kingdom. I'm living it by your grace, by your strength. I'm doing The will of God. Amen. Just close your eyes for a moment. God's presence is here. Lord, you breathe on us. You breathe on us. You're reemphasizing your kingdom. And of your kingdom there shall be no end. And of your kingdom there's reality and there's truth in it. There's the power to transform Move in hearts here. In hearts here. If you want to get up and play, Anna, real quick. If you, if you need to feel like you need to come to the altar and that you feel like some words pierced your heart and you feel like there's some things that you say, God, it's time for me just to obey those, I'm going to open this up as she's playing. Make your way up here. Grab the horns of the altar between you and God. Just tell them, hey, it's time for me. It's time for me. It's time for me to come out of some things. That are crooked. Not only am I saved and going to heaven because of Jesus Christ and his redemption. 
But he's calling me to come out. Come out of some things that are crooked. Come out of some things that are perverse. Yeah, it pierces my heart. Causes me to change. And want me to identify with you. As she's playing, forget about everyone else around you. Make your way up where you need to make that right with God. Where you need to make that peace with God. It's obedience that furthers. Say obedience is better than sacrifice. Sacrifice.